welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Uh, good morning, everybody. We're back. Uh, I guess you call us the uh, auto team. or uh, We're a group of consumer advocates that uh, get together every Saturday in the studio here at uh, the uh, True Oldies Channel. And uh, we talked to you about how not to be ripped off by your car dealer. So pleased to have a talk show on before us. And uh, <clears throat> we used to have a talk show on after us. I'm not sure where that's scheduled now. But uh, for a music channel, we're the talk show. And uh, my name is Earl. My name is Earl Stewart. You probably know my, my whole name. I'm what I call a recovering car dealer. And by that, I mean I've been a car dealer since 1968. And I've, uh, I'm still a car dealer. Full disclosure, I'm a Toyota dealer today. But I want you to know, this is not an infomercial. Uh, this is truly a nonpartisan, unbiased, uh, educational experience for you as to how to buy or lease a car without having a bad experience. And also how to repair or maintain your car without having a bad experience. So if you have some friends that are in the market for a car, if you have some daughters or sons or granddaughters or grandsons, or yourself, and you're about ready to do it again, you know, we have probably buy 10, 15, 20 cars in a, in a long lifetime, repair cars hundreds and hundreds of times, maintain cars probably thousands of times, something is very uh, significant part of our daily lives. We'd like to make that part of your life a little bit more pleasant. And that's what we, we do here on Earl Stewart on Cars. Been doing it for over 10 years, as a matter of fact. Uh, the most important part of the show is responding to your questions. And uh, we encourage you. You'll hear this number given out many, many times throughout the two hours that we'll be with you this morning. 877-960-9960. And uh, we ask you to write that number down. Make a note of it. If you're listening to us and don't have anything on your mind, you probably have something later on on your mind or a question, comment. So 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And you can text us. We get a surprising number of texts, a surprising large number of texts, because a lot of people are not prone to want to be on live radio. Live talk radio, is I love it. It's exciting. It really is. It gets the adrenaline going with me, and I love it. Some people have a little bit more of a privacy issue. So if you have a privacy thing and you don't want to be on live radio, text us at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. We'd like to hear your experiences. Um, good, bad, uh, ordinary. We'd like to hear your constructive criticism of the show because we want to come across as informative in a positive as well as negative when the negative is necessary. We're not out here to hammer car dealers, although it sounds that way. Now, uh, to be honest with you, uh, car dealers deserve some hammering because you, the general public, uh, the American public, and I think the whole world public, uh, has some problems in the retail buying experience. If you go to the Gallup Annual Poll, 
And you can Google this. Just Google Gallup Annual Poll Honesty and Ethics and Professions. Gallup Poll Honesty and Ethics and Professions. Google that. And you'll find out that car dealers rank very low on the professions that you perceive to be honest and ethical. Uh, near, near the bottom or all the way at the bottom. This poll is not a fluke, by the way. Uh, this poll has been conducted every year since 1977. That's right. Every year. The car dealers have never had a respectable appearance ranking on this poll. They always come out either dead last, next to last. <clears throat> the greatest uh, performance I can recall, they were fourth from last. And last year, 2017, they were next to last. So you don't like your experience. So, Rick? Do we deserve to be higher? No, no. There, uh, there's your answer. We do not deserve to be higher, and we're going to make every effort to try to raise the perception so you will deserve to be higher. I want to remind everyone, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars right here at 95.9 and 106. Point nine FM, the true oldies channel. Yes, a talk show, Earl Stewart on cars. So give us a call. You're a big part of the show. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And now we are going to go to our favorite caller, regular caller, Tina. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? We're doing great. Hey, Tina. Hi. How are you doing, Lynn? Uh, Nancy, you and I need to have a girl, girl-to-girl talk. Okay, let's hear it. You need to, you need to have a chat, Nancy. Can, can I listen? <laughs> Everybody's oh, absolutely. listening. <laughs> absolutely. You do not have to cover your ears. Okay. Now, Nancy, I have a question for you. How would you feel if Earl came home from work and he found out that he was down 19% on his sales. What kind of mood do you think he'd be in? Could you repeat the question? I didn't quite hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, if Earl came home from work and he found out that 19% of his sales was down, what kind of mood do you think he'd be in? Uh, can I get a little help from the guys in a the bad studio? Mood. We'd really be in a bad mood. Yeah. Uh, n- I can uh, use Tina wanted to know what would happen if I came home and told you sales were down by 19%. Would I be in a good mood or a bad mood? The word I use would be apoplectic. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more furious. <laughs> well, Tina, nah. uh, to be honest with you, uh, the... Uh, our home reflects uh, a whole lot of uh, personalities and our moods, and uh, uh, we're so passionate about what we do at Earl Stewart Toyota. Uh, I can tell you that it certainly would affect the atmosphere in our home. I hope I answered your question. Yes. Well, the reason why I say that is because I was reading something. I do believe it was an automotive news. I couldn't find the article this morning to link it to you guys' phone. But they were saying that 19% of all auto sales are to women. So these dealerships that are not treating women right are potentially losing 19% of their annual sales. If you don't treat a girl right, she's not going to come back. You're going to lose that sale. That's the money out of your pocket. But there's a trickle-down effect because I was also reading in automotive news how there's very few women that work in the industry, and it's because of sexism. So... This whole thing of women going to a dealership and not being treated right, 
it's actually a symptom. It's not the problem. So the problem needs to be attacked from the top. People that own car dealerships and these major automotive manufacturers, they need to start treating women right because if they don't treat their staff right, if they don't actively try to recruit women, the consumer is ultimately going to suffer. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a male-dominated industry. We have a whole lot of work to do in regards to that. And, uh, you know, once these, uh, <laughs> once these dealers get it, let me tell you what, uh, the increase in sales, number one, is going to be amazing. And only the smart yeah. dealer gets it today. And uh, there are a few car dealers out there that do get it, that they give women what they want. And that is for them not to be condescending towards them, not to try to take advantage of them. And that goes for men and women. Uh, We just want transparency and knowledge is power. And a woman can control the whole situation if she empowers herself with knowledge, because these guys are going to think you're walking into the dealership and they can automatically take advantage of you, but you can prove them wrong and you can set the stage for other women. Well, the thing is, too, that we need to get more young ladies and even more mature ladies to think about the automotive industry as a career. I was also reading something about Japan. Japan is having a really hard time trying to get women engineers to help build cars. That's what they want. They want to have a more diversified economy with the auto industry, and they're having a really tough time with it because of the old blaze network. It even exists in Japan. As far as it being a very, you know, technological society 10 years ahead of everybody else, they're still behind when it comes to women. So, Well, I agree with you on that, and uh, it's a tough industry to work in, and, uh, you know, it takes a pretty special lady to uh, be able to take on the responsibility of uh, selling cars, uh, working uh, in the uh, F&I. You know, you have to put in a lot of work and you have to put in a lot of hours. And there are some women who certainly can't uh, fill that position. They have a whole lot of responsibilities. Uh, But one day I really believe that we are going to have more women in the automotive industry. Uh, I mean, take a look at what's going on today in the news and how many women are in a position of power. And I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I believe I've answered your question. Have I? Yes. Yes. And I was also reading something to the... I I do so much reading, can't you tell? Uh, I was also reading something to the effect that I guess Cadillac and their parent companies are doing much to try and recruit women, and they want to see more women owning dealerships. So that's interesting because, you know, Cadillac is a classic auto dealer that's been around forever, and they want women to be part of their sales force, too. So they've also found statistically that women that are salesmen in the sales force are more likely to listen. So who wouldn't want who wouldn't want to hire a woman to be a part of their dealership? Yeah. They should welcome them with open arms. Yeah, with all of that, it's a great advantage. It's a great advantage for the dealership because it certainly does increase traffic and it increases sales. And I believe that Earl could probably answer the question uh, that I was just I was just gonna. It just came to my head. Uh, how many dealers are owned by women? 
Earl? Uh, dealerships? Uh, no, actually, what I was, uh, very few. Very few. Very few. Okay. Uh, but, Tina, this is uh, something you'll find interesting. Uh, we are trying to hire more women in uh, positions in dealerships. And uh, in so doing, we got ourselves in trouble with the EEOC, the Government Equal Opportunity Agency, uh, because we said that we would, all things being equal, prefer to hire women on the sales force. <clears throat> As you just said, Cadillac and that automotive news article found that women were preferable. They were actually superior to men on the sales force. So we know that. I mean, we realize that our top, uh, most of all of our, the women that we have, and we don't have 50%, we got more like 30%, but they're very, very uh, capable. So we wanted to hire more women. So we went online and said, <clears throat> all things being equal, we would prefer to hire women for salespeople. Well, we got sued by a man because we were discriminating against men. And we have an EEOC complaint. I checked with our attorneys, and our attorney says, you can't say that. Uh, the, the discrimination law says you cannot discriminate against anybody. So even if you have a situation where your women have been discriminated against for hundreds and thousands of years, and we oppress women in this country and take advantage of women in this country, we cannot proactively go out and try to hire a woman because it's against the law. I, I, I know that'll shake you up, Tina, because it shook me up. That's just crazy. It is. And the thing is that you're, as an employer, and this is for any employer of an automotive dealership and owner, they not only should do better to try and hire women, but they need to make sure their staff treats that fellow woman employee with respect and dignity. Absolutely. Because that's the biggest part of the problem. So many women that are in the automotive industry, which there are a few, uh, they're afraid to ask for a promotion. They're afraid to move up because they're mm -hmm. afraid that there'll they'll be repercussions. Like I heard a story of one automotive manager that would not promote a woman because he wanted to keep her where she was. That way he wouldn't fall afoul of the EEOC. So that was his fear, but it kept her from progressing. And I'm going to interject just one more thing before I go. These little comments that that have been made over the years, like, oh, that's a girl car, you drive like a girl, women drivers are this and this and that and that, that needs to stop. Mm -hmm. If you are a gentleman, you're listening, and you have said any one of those phrases, this is 2018, there's no reason to say that. And I can guarantee you if a guy said that to me, there would not be a second date. <laughs> hey, Tina, I got to throw one comment on there. This is Rick. Um, when I say you drive like a girl and drive a stick shift like a girl, it's a compliment mm -hmm. because my wife yes. drives stick shift better than I do, way better. <laughs> this this is a lady that can work a stick shift like you. I mean, <laughs> oh, she, she handles manual transmissions way better than I do. She can do the heel toe and everything, huh? Oh, she's she's out of this world with handling stick shifts. Nice comment, Rick. Wow. Well, Tina, I got to I got to tell you that uh, this girl here, I drove a stick shift for a very very long time, and I uh, taught all yeah. three of my daughters to drive on a stick shift. Uh, you, you know, that kind of information isn't even considered today, and uh, this uh, condescending attitude towards women. Uh, the the assumption uh, that that prevails that they need a husband a boyfriend uh, you hit the nail on the head uh, Tina it does 
have to stop, but it can only stop if women can come together and voice their opinion and discuss their issues as to what happened when they went into the dealership. Uh, this is crazy. We had, uh, I, I say every week, $50 for each new female caller. We had a man call. Mm-hmm. He wanted to know why. We weren't offering oh, him yeah, $50 as a first-time I caller. That. And you know what? You guys handled that with grace. Yeah, we did indeed. And you were calm, but I'm sure that inside your blood had to have been boiling because I thought that was just totally inappropriate for him to say. That was wrong. Well, uh, I really appreciate you calling. I appreciate your opinion. You know, we look forward to hearing from you uh, every week. Thank you. Uh, but uh, with uh, the uh, stand that you just took this morning... Uh, I really hope there's some ladies out there that are listening and that they will call in because we do have $50 for each two new lady callers. And the world is changing and it's the 21st century and the car dealers, all they have to do is get on board with the ladies and it will increase sales. It's a win-win situation. Thank you, Tina. Yes, it is. Thank you. Have a good morning, guys. Have a great weekend. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Now I was just uh, Googling auto, automotive news and hiring women and Cadillac, and, and I'm, I'm looking back in 2012, 2013. We've been talking about this for years and years and years. You know, in the, uh, the Fortune 500, the top 500 uh, companies in the United States um, on the Fortune 500 list, the number of women CEOs is actually dropping. <clears throat> so we're not making progress there, folks. There's a lot of verbal, you know, uh, serving of the trying. We're trying harder. But we're doing a, we're doing a terrible job in terms of uh, uh, putting women in positions of responsibility and. Uh, Something you just got to keep talking about. So we really appreciate Tina's call very much, and we'd love to hear from more of you. I think we might even have a text here. We've got a, oh yeah, Stu says we've got a text. This is about insurance rates. Uh, don't women pay lower car insurance rates because they're better drivers? That's from Jesse. I believe that's true. You know, uh, money talks, and uh, the insurance companies realize that women driving cars cost them less money in repairs. So they give women lower premiums. And uh, that's that's where the rubber meets the road. If you do a better job driving, you get a lower premium, and women are better drivers. So how about the old joke about a woman driver? Well, a woman driver, as Rick says, a woman driving a stick shift is better than a man. Well, women driving are better than men because they have fewer accidents. So, uh, <clears throat> Probably less road rage, too. Exactly. I guarantee the road rage is far less. But uh, anyway, you women out there, Nancy has made you an offer. There's no conditions here. (laughs) Fifty bucks. If you haven't called the show before, we'd love to hear from you. We'd particularly like to hear from you uh, if you could get if you could get onto our theme about experience buying or leasing a car. Did you have a good experience? Did you have a bad experience? Uh, Whatever your experience was, see, we don't want to come across as being totally negative here. 
on car dealers. So if you have a car dealer that did a really good job and respected you and gave you a good fair price on the car, we'd like to talk about that car dealership. We'll name is uh, the salesman and the manager and the dealership. Uh, we might even mystery shop them, verify your experience, put them on our recommended list. But if you had a bad experience, the reverse is true. We'd like everybody to know that you were not treated with respect and courtesy and maybe tried, uh, someone tried to take advantage of you. So you women out there, if you've had a good or bad experience buying or leasing a car or repairing or maintaining your car, call 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Or text us. You can text us at 772-497-6530. We'd love to hear from you women and the men. We sound like we're Absolutely. boycotting the men. No. We're not. We'd love to hear from anybody. <laughs> because the men and the women make this show what it is yes absolutely they do indeed did you hear what earl said you make the show you're such an important part of it and uh back to you saying that uh well women are better drivers uh there's less road rage uh from women i don't know I'm 100% behind the ladies, but I would have to Google that and come up with the statistics on that one because, uh, well, ladies, you know it, I know it. We can get pretty crazy, right? And it does happen out there on the road. So we're not perfect. We're not perfect, but we just want to be treated like we are human beings and uh, that we do have a brain. So... Ladies, the first two new lady callers, you got yourself $50 each. And Pat, what I love to hear from you and your story about Treasure Coast Toyota. Oh my goodness, what a story. And Lisa, who shared her story, ironically, from the same dealership, please give me a call. Pat, don't you think it's worth talking about on the air? All those add-ons that Treasure Coast was selling you. I mean, there was a list of them. And then you find out, you get a second opinion. You know, my hat is off to you. Always get a second opinion. You find out you don't need any of the add-ons that they wanted to sell you. So, ladies... Please give us a call. And the guys, too. Tell us what you think about the ladies. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us. 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. I'm going to change the subject to uh, recalls, automotive recalls. Uh, I posted a, a video about a week ago. And uh, there was a Kia Sorento involved in a well, it wasn't an accident. It caught on fire on I-4 near Orlando. Mm. And there was some dramatic uh, footage. Another person on Interstate 4 up near Orlando had their cell phone on this vehicle, a Kia Sereno. And the car was on fire as it drove along. Uh, very dramatic. And uh, the woman was trying to get the attention of that driver because the fire was coming out underneath the car well she finally got her, t her attention she pulled over to the side and the whole kia sereno burst into flame now uh, i posted that on facebook with some comments and my comments basically were it should be illegal for a car dealer to sell a car with a dangerous safety recall because this particular kia had been sold as a used vehicle in the tampa area as a, a safe car so i'm going to went in 
this woman, as a matter of fact, that was involved in this fiery, almost tragedy, uh, and bought the vehicle. It was never disclosed to her that this had an open safety recall and be with a uh, wiring uh, defect in the Kia Sorento, and it caused the car to break into flame on the on the road. Uh, I've never seen more response than this particular video. And this is exactly what we've been talking about on the show for literally years. started with the Takata fiasco about two years ago. And uh, Stu's going to show a video of this Kia Sorento. Just a still pic, but it's pretty dramatic. It's pretty dramatic. Yeah. Very dramatic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Thanks, Stu. The, uh, the fact of the matter is that in the United States and in Florida, there is no law prohibiting a car dealer from selling you a car with a dangerous recall unfixed. And this is true on all recalls. Any recall, there's no law. Now, a car dealer on a new car, I had a question on my Facebook posting. They said, is it illegal for a new car dealer to sell a car with a dangerous recall? I'm not sure that it is. I don't know if there is such a law. I do know that the manufacturers will prohibit you from doing it, meaning the dealer. So when a car dealer has a uh, car that has a defective whatever, and it could cause a dangerous uh, problem, the manufacturer puts a stop sale on the car. So I think the law applies to the manufacturer. The dealer is expected to comply and the violation, if he doesn't comply, is with the manufacturer, not with the law. I know this. It's not, it's not a, a illegal for a new car dealer to sell a used car with a defect, with a Takata airbag recall, or any other type of safety recall. Now, that is absolutely the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Everybody, and we've had hundreds and hundreds of people uh, comment and react to this article on I posted on Facebook, <coughs> our legislators, and let's start with the executive branch, uh, branch, Rick Scott, who I wrote a letter to two years ago asking him to issue an executive order making it illegal to sell a car with a defective airbag or to sell a car with any defective part that is going to create a uh, safety hazard to the buyer. And he ignored my letter. I ran the same letter full page in the uh, Tallahassee Democrat, the uh, hometown newspaper in Tallahassee, Florida. I ran it twice, full page, totally ignored. So we'll start with Rick Scott, who is ignoring this. Now, Rick is running for Senate right now. Mm -hmm. uh, you voters out there <coughs> might want to keep in mind that he so far has refused to address this issue of whether or not it should be legal or illegal to sell a dangerous car in Florida. So keep that in mind, voters. And now think about your state legislators Think about your regulators. Think about Pam Bondi and all of the regulators in the state of Florida. There has been no effort, and there's been no legal effort or enforcement effort to even require the disclosure of the fact that the car you're buying has a safety recall. Stu? I just pulled up a notice on a stop sale for a Toyota model last month, and it is under Title 49, Section 30112, U.S. Code, Dealer cannot sell, offer for sale, or introduce or deliver introduction. Well, it's a long technical thing, but yeah. we can't do it. <laughs> well, that's good. It is against the federal law, though. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so my uh, the, that begs the obvious question. Why not use cars? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that means that a brand-new car with a defective recall uh, cannot be sold as a new car. I can title the car. 
I can, I can, I can, I can toddle the car to uh, my dealership. I can toddle the car to my rental company, and then I can turn around and sell the car. So, it's an obvious omission in the law. I don't think anybody premeditatedly decided that, but it's a, it's it's an oversight. Somebody out there, regulator, are there any attorneys listening? If there's some attorneys listening, give me your legal view of what the possible logical reason would be to make it illegal to sell a new car with a safety recall, but uh, legal, but Ill- not illegal to sell a used car. What is the logic behind that? Anybody call 877-960-9960. Anybody call 877-960-9960 or text us 772-497-653 or that text number again is 772-497-6530. Now, let me do this as a public service because I probably have got some people stirred up out there. I hope I do. If you don't know about your own car, you can go to this website. It's the National Highway Traffic Safety Association website, NHTSA, www.safercar.gov, www.safercar, S-A-F-E-R-C-A-R, dot gov, G-O-V. Put the VIN number in for the car you're driving, or if you're contemplating buying a car, before you sign on the dotted line, before you pay for the car, first of all, you can ask the car dealer. He's under no obligation to tell you. So I would recommend that you go to www.safercar.gov. Check your VIN number before you buy any car, new or used. Now, back on the new car, I want to correct myself. Uh, I said earlier in the show I didn't think it was illegal. Stu did Google this, and it is illegal for a new car dealer to sell a new car with a safety recall. But he can sell the same car when it's used. And he doesn't even have to disclose it. Now, another source of information is Carfax. There's also a similar company to Carfax called AutoCheck. You can also call the manufacturer. You can go online and check the the manufacturer to see if your car is recalled. So there are a number of sources out there. But it's buyer beware. You cannot rely on the dealer. You cannot rely on the regulators <coughs> or our legislators to, to save you or help you in any way, shape, or form. Matter of fact, you lawyers out there, think about this. I'm a car dealer, let's say. I've got a car on my used car lot. It's got a defective Takata airbag. I know that. Customer comes in, and he asks me, uh, if this car is safe, I say, yes, it is. And I sell it to him. And he drives down the street. The airbag explodes and it kills him. I don't think I have any legal liability, do I? Nope. You got some lawyers out there? I know. <laughs> if I know that I sold a car that has a defective <coughs> airbag or any other recall and it results in the death or injury to my customer, and I did not disclose that to the customer, Lawyers, do I have any legal liability? Call us, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. You know, I wasn't laughing at what you said. It's just we have received very little, if any, attention on this 
Topic. Takata airbags, recalls, deaths. Who's responsible when you drive off the lot? I just, I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Yeah. We've got pretty good ratings on the show. Nielsen ratings are between 14 and 20,000 people listening <clears throat> in this market. It's one of, the, one of the higher rated shows. So you think among those 15 to 20,000, we'd have some people that are in the regular, you know, state attorney's office, county office, consumer affairs, uh, better business bureau. We'll take anybody. Uh, I know we have some state senators, uh, representatives. Uh, we have a lot of lawyers out there. 20,000 people may be listening to the show right now. Some of you are affiliated with regulatory agencies. Some of you know politicians. Some of you are politicians. Let's get a dialogue going. What is your opinion on why there isn't more hue and cry going on about this recall situation? Not just Takata, but you saw this Kia Sereno in flame. A lot of you mm. saw that. Yeah. That really was big. And that was a wiring defective uh, harness or something causing it to burn. But the car got sold without disclosure. By the way, I'm working on that. And I'm going to find out the name of the dealer that sold that car. And it was a uh, dealer in the Tampa area. And we're going to call the dealer on this show. And uh, we're going to try to get him to explain to us why he sold that car. And if he didn't know the car had a recall, why didn't he know the car had a recall? So hopefully we'll have that information by next week. 877-960-9960. Uh, it's a little quiet here. I think we got a text for you. Oh, we got a text. I think okay. things are going to heat up. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a very important part of the show. Give us a call, as Earl said, at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We are going to go to one of our favorite callers, and he's from Palm City, and it's John. Welcome to the show, John. I have a question for Rick. Um, summertime is very important. Uh, you see a lot of ads on oil changes. I have one in front of me from a reliable place from what I heard. Synthetic oil change, free tire rotation, seasonal checkup, $39.95. It's a coupon, and it's a special. And here it's the disclaimer on it. Includes five quarts of synthetic motor oil and new spin-on filter, parenthesis, cartridge filters, and some specialty oils additional. Now, isn't there such a thing? Can Rick explain to the listening public uh, the spin and the cartridge? Wasn't cartridge filters outlawed about 15 years ago by the EPA? Uh, no, actually, cartridge filters are, in my opinion, they're actually better for the environment because a spin-on filter is a steel case with a paper filter inside and a rubber grommeter gasket. And the old filter is simply twisted right off of the motor, the new one put in place, you wipe up any spills and snug the filter down and you're done with the filter portion. The cartridge filter, you actually spin off a, a housing, which is either metal or plastic, replace the rubber O-rings on it, and you replace just the paper element portion. Now, bear in mind, that paper element portion, when it goes to be recycled, the recycling company only has to deal with just that paper portion, and the oil from that paper can be drained out. You can let it sit in a bucket, and it will 
the gravity will pull a great majority of the oil out of it. Whereas the metal housed spin-on filters, even turning them upside down and letting them sit, a lot of oil still remains in them. And when they get to the recycle center, they've got to deal with cutting that metal case off or crushing it down totally. And you really can't recycle them as effectively. So a paper cartridge filter is much better for the environment. And why they would charge more for less material, I don't, that seems just, uh, it seems backwards to me, but well, some places will try that, I guess. And specialty oils would probably be referring to such things <coughs> as like the new Camrys I know use a 0W16 synthetic oil versus a 0W20, which is pretty much an industry standard for synthetic oil now, or a 5W30 synthetic. Um, so $39 is actually a pretty decent price for synthetic oil change and a tire rotation and checking your car over. And the only thing I would recommend is any extra upsells that they try to go for, make sure you play the Missouri game. Say, show me. Show me why I need those upsells and double check to make sure they're not going to rip you off. Well, I thought it was uh, the way it's worded about the cartridge versus the spin-on. I just thought that would look like it was reversed to me, but it is it is kind of uh, confusing. But what I want to uh, say to the public is it's so important with summer driving that the people have the correct oil in their vehicle, either from the manufacturer's uh, recommendation or usually right on top of the oil filler, it has the type of oil that's recommended by the manufacturer. Yep. It's very, very important that they do use the right oil, especially with the summer heat. And speaking of summer heat, I want to recommend to people to get the latest July issue of the greatest consumer reports, greatest magazine, and they rate the best road trip um, comfort, safety, reliability, and performance of road trip vehicles. Ooh, and the good news is like on the SUV, Toyota and Honda come out top, minivans, Toyota and Honda on top, passenger cars, Chevy Impala, and Kia, believe it or not, huh. is number two and three on the Cadenza and Optima, and then luxury cars and pickup trucks, Ford comes up on top. But like every other issue, it's a great <coughs> issue, and it makes sense because summertime now with road trips, people want the comfort, safety, and reliability, and they rate the vehicles one by one in the new July issue. I'm so I just want to point that out to the public. Well, thanks, John. That's great information. I love consumer reports, as you well know. And don't forget to check the tire pressures. Big yes. important one. You're always telling me that, Absol- Rick. <laughs> That's the best Absolutely. advice. Absolutely, and at the same time, the alignment is important when you're taking a trip. Yep. But the tire pressure, Rick, boy, I'll tell you, I'm really into that. I love my tire pressure gauge. And it is extremely important as to how, how your car operates, how much gas you use. Uh, it, there's so much based you on take, the if proper... If you take away Nancy's tire gauge, you have to pry it from her cold, dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> She's holding it in her hand right now. Do you just bring that to the radio show with you? I don't get it. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, 877-960-9960. John, are you still with us? Okay, John, thank you for calling. We're going to go straight to Mark. Mark, on the turnpike, 
It's been a while, Mark. How are you? Yeah, really good. Been a while since, since I've heard from you guys. Well, good. Thanks for At calling, least you're Mark. live on Facebook. I'm far from the area. I'm still in Pompano. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, we got a treat for you today. So you're yeah, live, we... on <laughs> yeah, live on Facebook. That's how I tuned in. When I first... When I first saw you live, you were talking about um, how um, women drivers are better than, than men. Right. Years ago, my wife made a comment. The reason why that is is because when a, a man and a woman are in a car together, it's usually the man driving. Hmm. The women drive uh, less frequently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well... That's something to be thought about. That's that's the way it has been. I don't know if that isn't changing now, Mark, but uh, I understand your point. Yeah, I mean, my wife and I, when we're in the car together, it's usually me driving. But mm-hmm. then again, look what kind of work mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, you're, you're a professional driver, as I recall. By the way, you're not watching us yeah. on, on Facebook video while you're driving, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm listening to it. Oh, okay. I, the phone is not in sight, no. But I was getting school, and I was notified you were live. Uh-huh. And oh, that's cool. Well, that's great, uh, Mark. Uh, we miss you because you really, uh, if, for those of you who don't know Mark, uh, he's a professional driver. And he has really got some great information. We, we had some great talks about ethanol. He knows every ethanol station in South Florida, exactly where it's located. Well, they have an app for that now. Oh, we don't need you anymore. we got an app. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, have an, I, yeah, they have an app where, you, where they will, that can lead you to gas stations that um, sell ethanol-free gas. Meanwhile, uh-huh. we now have the new Wawa gas stations here. And I've noticed the best results with that. Wow, wow, yeah. That is great. The The gas price is great. And they, they also have ethanol. At, uh, at all the Wawa? No, no. They, no. Is that plural Every for Wawa? Every Wawa I came across <laughs> in our area has, has an ethanol-free gas, 89 yeah. octane. Yeah. And yeah, as of yesterday, it was like 359 a gallon, but yeah. well worth it. I still can't. I still feel silly when I say Wawa, but you know Wawa is new in this area, but it's huge. I believe in the Midwest, and when they found oh yeah, don't, don't yeah. you have one on uh, Blue Heron and Garden? Oh yeah, I went over there as soon as they opened up. What a wonderful place! I mean, the the, the food's great, uh, the gas is cheap, uh, the service is good. I mean, uh, I can't say it's kind of like a mini Costco. It's one of my favorite. Yeah, but the Blue Hose. The blue hose is ethanol free, okay, and they have them on the outer pumps usually. Mm-hmm. Well, you're—I know you're a strong advocate of that, Mark. You don't actually use ethanol in your truck, do you? Um, no. The big truck, big truck is diesel. Diesel, okay, of course, yeah. And I and I'm not aware if there's ethanol in diesel fuel. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. But uh, at any rate. Uh, I uh, appreciate that you calling back in and your observations because you're a pro. I mean, you know about tires, maintenance, repairs, and uh, and your observations and recommendations are very important to the show. Glad you found us again, and uh, I hope you can call in uh, every Saturday. Our new time, of course, is 8 to 10 on Saturdays. That's another reason why you probably lost us before because we were on Tuesday. So, so every Saturday morning from and 8 to 10. Mark, before you and go. When it, when it was radio... Yeah, well, yeah, when it was radio only, you know, mm-hmm. I was limited how long I was receiving the station. Sure. Uh, now that I can listen to it on Facebook, yeah. you know, I can listen to it everywhere. Great. 
Well, fantastic. Mark, before, before, excuse me, uh, Mark, before you go to your point about men and women in a car together, and most of the times men are driving, why? You're on the road. You're a professional driver. What's your opinion? Yeah. Why? I, I, I don't know why that is, but, uh, but typically that's what I see. Mm-hmm. But my wife made that point a long time ago. Well, I think well, it, I uh, think I think it's called tradition, uh, Mark. It's one of these traditions, and times change slowly. And I, I think it's I think it's beyond tradition, uh, Mark. Uh, we certainly don't have time to get into all of it, but uh, there's a little more to it uh, than I, that. It, I can tell you, it's not that case with uh, me and my wife. When I'm home. She drives because I'm around cars all day long. I don't want to drive. You know, anymore. I noticed that. I noticed that she does. She does drive. Well, more I like, I like more playing often. on my phone, and it's a good excuse to you drive, so I can play on my phone. Uh huh. Well, <laughs> Words with friends. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty kind of you. But uh, like I said, there's. I feel that, uh, and I won't discuss it right now. I feel that there's a, a little more of a of a theory as to why men will drive when there's a man and a woman in car, but. Uh, I'll save that for another show. Thanks, Mark. Give us a call. Hey, you're welcome. Give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Now you back know, to the recovering car dealer. Just to throw a thought on that subject of the the men and women who happens to be driving, my wife and I, it's I have my Tacoma, she has her Highlander. Whichever vehicle we take, that's the person that drives. If we're using her Highlander, she drives. Well, if I use my Avalon, I have to hog tie my husband, put him in the back seat. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that happen a few times. We have a lot of fun like that. He's got a big back seat, so you you fit nicely in there. Ladies and gentlemen, you're a huge part of the show. Let's go over the good, the bad, and the ugly. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Yeah, the text, uh, 772-497-6530, for people who wish to remain anonymous. We've got one here. I can understand why he wishes to remain anonymous, and I'm going to read his text. You're stupid if you buy a used car with a recall. All call, all car dealers have CarMax reports for their used cars. And if you're not reading these, there's a risk on you. You have ever heard buyers should beware putting this on all car dealers. Sounds fine, but what about personal responsibility? <clears throat> so my guess is that's a car dealer calling in and uh, or texting in, I should say. He's afraid to call in. But... Uh, We welcome all comments. I'll read that again because it's really a stupid comment. You're stupid if you buy a used car with a recall. All car dealers have CarMax reports. They're Carfax reports, actually. Yeah, yeah, Carfax (laughs) reports. You're stupid because you said car. I shouldn't have said that. No, Carfax reports for their used cars. And if you're not reading these, the risk is on you. You Have you heard buyer beware? uh, And why are we putting this on the dealer? Well, we have mystery shopped a lot of dealers. And let me tell you about those CarMax reports, which are really Carfax reports. The Carfax reports are 
billed as being clean or good or bad or okay, and they are very lengthy. A uh, typical Carfax report can be several pages long. In the car buying process, <coughs> you have a lot of documentation and a lot of paper to read. So the buyer relies on the integrity and honesty of the car salesperson. So when the car salesperson says, this has got a good clean Carfax, uh, you take his word for it. You don't read the fine print. Yes. In fact, if you read the whole thing, it would probably take you 15 minutes yeah. to go through. But we uh, the sales, they gloss over it. They'll sit yeah. there and they'll, they'll yeah. that looks good to me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the uh, recalls are just one portion. Carfax reports have a lot of information, uh, whether the car has been in a flood, whether the car has been repaired. It even has maintenance repairs. Uh, it has a lengthy uh, biography of that car. So it really is beholding on the car dealer to point out whether or not there's a safety issue with the car. So it isn't buyer beware. Well, it is buyer beware, but it shouldn't be when it comes to life or death. And so this uh, texter, who I believe is probably a car salesman, and if you're not, call in. I'll be glad to talk to you, but I just don't think your comment is uh, correct. You should always ask to see the Carfax report. But if I'm buying a car and I was not in the business and I was uh, like you listening to the show, I would always go to safercar.gov, www.safercar.gov, put my VIN in. That's the only way I'm going to know for sure. But the car dealer should be telling you. And the car dealers should be prohibited by law from selling in the car. In the first place, is a dangerous recall. Absolutely. One of the worst things about having these cars get sold is the first buyer doesn't know about it, then he trades the car in, the second buyer doesn't know about it, then he trades the car in three years later, third, fourth buyers. By the time a car has changed hands three or four times, the manufacturers cannot find and locate the driver of the car because it's too many transfers of ownership. Mm-hmm. He could have been in five different states. You don't know. And this Kia driver, by the exactly. way, that I alluded to earlier yeah. in Tampa that was almost killed in this flaming inferno in this Kia Sereno, uh, she had no idea the car had been uh, recalled. And Kia said they tried to contact her, but they couldn't locate her. Now, we know statistically only 25% of drivers of cars with open recalls ever respond. <clears throat> now, some of that might be driver responsibility, but a lot of it is the manufacturer unable to locate the driver, and a lot of it is the fact that the car got sold and nobody ever disclosed to the buyer that the car had a, a dangerous safety recall. So, 877-960-9960, please call us. You know, in that interview, back to the Kia, uh, you know, I really didn't like the way that interview went. You know, it was almost like as if they were dissecting that woman. And uh, you and I were standing in the kitchen and our heads uh, were on fire uh, because they were going after the wrong person here. So uh, the responsibility, where does it lie? <laughs> Let me tell you what, Pam Bondi, Rick Scott, all these people that we have not heard from, there has to be a law so that we can save some lives. 877-960-9960. Hear your opinion on this or anything else for that matter. Or text us at 772-497-6530. That uh, call-in number again is 877 960 
9960. Now, I'm going to change the subject again because we haven't said the word Costco in a while. Now, Costco auto buying program has been the subject of this show for two or three shows. Uh, we have a mystery shopping report coming up in the second half of the show, or the, I guess the fourth quarter of the show, I should say more accurately. And we did shop another car dealership. It happens to be Pompano Ford, uh, Ford dealership in Pompano, member of the Costco auto buying program. And we went in there as a Costco auto member uh, who is trying to buy a car in the Costco auto buying program. And we'll report that. Now, <clears throat> we've had a lot of uh, disruption here. We're disruptors this show. We are big disruptors about buying and selling cars. Um, we have a, uh, we have a caller. Yeah, we have a caller. Uh, good morning, John. John's calling from West Palm Beach. Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars. How can we help you? Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm a Chevy technician, and I'm from New York. I moved down here from I moved down from New York to Florida, and it's uh, strange to me that you don't have inspections mm-hmm. in Florida. Right. For number one, the emissions. Number two, safety. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't. I, guess uh, it's hard I don't, to I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't think that's a, a good idea. To be honest with you, John, I used to think it was a good idea uh, because, and I think. It's one of these cases where the politicians do what they think the voters want them to do. A lot of voters don't like the idea of having to, the inconvenience of having to go through and have their car checked. Because I know, <clears throat> I think I know what you're going to say is a technician, when a car comes through for checking emissions, which is the purpose of the inspection, often you find safety items and things that are uh, unsafe to drive the car with. And it's a good thing for security. Exactly. Uh, for traffic safety. Yeah. Uh, so it's a politically correct thing. The politicians say, I'm against uh, uh, auto inspections, and they get more votes. It's one of the things where the politicians are letting us down. They want to tell us what we want to hear. Uh, Rick, uh, what you have a comment. Yeah, um, back in the late 80s, we did have uh, emissions inspections for a while, and then they claimed that we reached attainment and that our air was clean enough that we no longer needed vehicle emissions testing in order to be safe. So I, I agree with Earl that I think that was a whole political game. Uh, but for a while, we did have emissions testing. And after that, then they switched us. And it, actually, at that time, you could have a voluntary safety inspection done on your vehicle. But there were no repercussions from it. If you drove in with bald tires, you could drive out with bald tires, and there were no issues whatsoever. Now, I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, sir, but I believe it's the rule in New York that when you go in for a safety inspection up there, if your tires and brakes and other safety items do not pass inspection, they don't allow you to register the car. Am I correct on that? Well, you won't get an inspection sticker, but... Florida allows people to drive around with bald tires, unsafe cars, and you know, there's no way of stopping them. They just go driving around. Yeah, absolutely. And and check engine lights on when uh, no catalytic converter, blue in the air. Yep. And we just allow it where there is a way of doing it, but they just missed the boat. You know, uh, this is Nancy Stewart. Whenever I moved here from Pittsburgh, I was in awe that. I didn't have to take my car for an inspection because that was, you know, the rule in Pittsburgh. 
So it was something to adjust to. Right. Exactly. Well, John, okay. thank you for, thank you very much for the call. I think you're a new caller, and we'd really like to hear more from you. Uh, how did you hear about us, John? Did you uh, are you a regular member of the uh, True Oldie Station, or did you find us some other way? I just turned on the radio station and was listening to you. Well, I think you do a great job. Well, thank you. We're here every Saturday from eight to ten. Love to hear from you again. We'd love to hear from people in the business, like you said, you're a technician in New York. So we'd love to hear some questions on maintenance and repairs or some or suggestions more likely from you because you are a professional so please call next saturday okay thank Have you very much thank you very much give us a call again 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 um i don't know whether you noticed or not but linda has asked about tires and she's asking about manufacturers recommendations on how much air you uh, i think it's a little misprint here no, how much air you need in your tires yeah, and what what, yeah. the, what the process is of following yeah the manufacturer and the tire manufacturer each have different tire recommendations uh rick uh I'll comment on that, way. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I was just sending a message to Linda on that. Um, there's two places where you'll find a recommendation for your tire pressures. One is going to be on a sticker, usually on the driver's side door jam of your car. And the other one is going to be on the sidewall of the tire. Uh, the manufacturer puts the sticker on the car, and that level is the absolute lowest tire pressure that you should run in that tire, on that car. You should never run tire pressures lower than that level. Now the number on the sidewall of the tire is usually quite a bit higher. Uh, most cars will have a recommendation on the sticker of between 30 to 35 pounds and on the tire it can be anywhere from 35 to up to as high as 50 on some and I've even seen higher on performance cars the best thing is to make sure you're somewhere in that range between what the sticker recommends and what the tire recommends. I like to run the higher pressure that the tire says is safe to run because I get better fuel economy and the tires wear better. Running it down where the manufacturer recommends may only be a few pounds lower, but sometimes you'll get just a little bit more comfortable ride. Rick, I've, I've got a question. Uh, if you run the uh, tire pressure at the tire manufacturer's recommendation all the way to the higher part of the range or what mm -hmm. the, the range. Uh, what if you what if you put five more pounds in that what's going to happen you're not going to have a problem really because there's always a safety margin if they recommend 35 pounds and you're running your tires at 40 you're going to be just fine and you probably get better gas mileage you have a rougher ride you will see a it's a small improvement in your fuel economy you will have maybe a little rougher ride, but of if course, in South Florida with our roads, well. Okay, if it's overinflated, <laughs> then will you ever get uneven tire? Where will your will the tire bulge to where you might get uneven tire wear? If you if you run excessively high pressures, it will start <clears throat> to wear the center of the tire. Okay, because it'll actually make the tire kind of become rounder yeah. on the bottom yeah. instead of a flat surface patch riding on the, on the here's ground. A, here's a crazy question. That's just the way my mind works. What would happen if you put as much air as, as you could? In other words, you, you just forced as much air in the tire as you could. Would the tire ever explode or would it come off the wheel or what would happen? 
there's a there are <clears throat> many cases of tires being extremely overinflated where they literally explode mm. while you're putting air into them. Okay. But the biggest issue that you would find is just shortly after you started driving your car, you would hit a, a pothole or a bump at the wrong point, and that tire could violently explode at that point, mm-hmm. which you're now driving your car along at 50, 60 miles an hour when that tire suddenly lets loose, not to mention it would increase the temperature in the tire by running too much okay, air. Okay, so we need, we need, to, clar- like we need to clarify because we've opened up uh, Pandora's box here. We've told uh, our listeners that it's okay to run over the maximum level that the tire might be. a tiny, rate. tiny amount. Well, we need to, we need to be a little more specific. Well, What's tiny I, to you I would, isn't tiny I would give I would give this then, and this is my official opinion. Okay. Never exceed the number that is on the sidewall of the tire. <laughs> but just five minutes ago, you said five you pounds could, was could okay. You could technically be safe with that, but that's going to be your okay. choice. Okay. I mean, people exceed the speed limit. People smoke cigarettes. People drink alcohol. We do all kinds of things that yeah. are not generally considered safe. Yeah. Yeah. But we do them. Uh, I think we need to. I think we need to Google that. Yeah, I think. I think, I think we need to find out. And there sh- and there should be uh, testing on this. I'm sure the tire. I'm saying I'm sure. I'm not really sure, but the testing manufa- tire manufacturers ought to have data on this. So let's do a little research, because <clears throat> I, for one, would never go over the tire recommendations. Yeah. Um, uh, inflation, but because I I think about tires exploding. And some people don't think about tires exploding. So if you went five pounds over, probably it's okay. But why should we deal in probably? We'll, we'll research that and, and we'll get back. I have one more question uh, in regards to that topic. I don't trust uh, gas stations. Rick, how do you feel about public pressure gauges at the gas station? Are they accurate? I don't think so. Get your own tire pressure gauge. Use that air pump at the gas station. Pump it up till it says it's a little high. And then use your own gauge to check it and reduce the pressure back down till it's at the, where the tire says to be. Sounds good. You but heard get it right here. a good, high-quality pressure yeah. gauge. Okay. Right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. So give us a call. What are your thoughts? 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I hope we answered your question, Linda. If we didn't, send us another text. We're going to go to Susan. She's been very patient from West Palm Beach. Welcome to the show. Hi, I have a question. Um, maybe you can help me out. Okay. Alrighty. Um, the question is, um, I bought this car and I actually bought it from you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Susan, I think you've got your radio playing in the background, uh, and that probably creates some uh, difficulty. Could you turn your radio off, and you'll be able to hear us better, and we'll be able to hear you better. Again, I bought a, I bought a car and I bought it from you. And the question is, the air conditioning is broke on it, mm-hmm. and I want to trade it in because it's too much money to fix it. Okay. So, is it better for me to trade it in, or try to sell it to somebody else like a mechanic? Well, I think uh, your instinct is right. When you uh, when you have an expensive repair, body repair, or mechanical repair, and you're thinking about trading the car in, you're better off to uh, not not do the repair 
and trade it in. The the person to whom you trade it in, the car dealership, can repair the air conditioning for a lot less than they would charge you if you had them do the work. So you uh, you you come in. Uh, they say your air conditioning doesn't work. They say, I know. That's one of the reasons why I want to trade the car in. They'll take into account that when they give you an appraisal on the car. And what they take into account is what it's going to cost them to repair the air conditioner. So you actually are going to save your, yourself a few hundred bucks by doing that. Okay. But I, again, it, so it's better to trade it in to like maybe go and try to sell the car outright to maybe a, a mechanic or somebody. Well, you could do that, too. I mean, a mechanic will be able to repair the car for less than you will also. The point is, there's, you know, there's the retail and the wholesale cost of air conditioning repair. A mechanic can assume that cost is wholesale, but if you're going to uh, fix it yourself, you're going to have to pay retail. So we don't want you to pay retail and then have to trade the car in because you've just given the dealership you're trading it into the profit. If you brought it to me, because uh, my dealership, and you said, fix my air conditioner, I charge you retail. And then you'd say, okay, now I'm going to trade the car in. I'd say, thank you very much. Now I don't have to worry about fixing the, the air conditioner because I already fixed it and I made a profit. So I don't want to do that to you. I want you to have the advantage right. of buying the air conditioner at the lower cost. Right, I understand, but I guess, I guess you misunderstood. My question was, oh. will I get a better deal if I trade it in? Or if I sell it to a mechanic without being repaired, is my question. Will oh, I get, okay. Which way will I yeah. get the better, better amount of money? I understand now. Yeah, what you should do is uh, you should actually shop your trade-in. Uh, you can check and see what the mechanic would pay you for the car. And then you can find out what uh, the dealer would pay you for the car. And I would go to a third source. What, uh, what make car do you have, a Toyota? No, I have a, a 2010 Honda Civic. Okay, I'd go to a Honda deal. I'd go to Edmore's Honda or Bremen Honda, and I would go to the used car department, and I'd speak to the used car manager, and I would say to the used car manager, I want to sell my car. What would you pay me for my car? And that way, you've got the mechanic's price, what he would buy the car for. You've got the dealership's price, what he would trade the car in for. And then you've got Bremen or Ed Morris Honda's price, is it what they would buy the car for. And then you simply sell your car to the person that gives you the highest price. One caveat, you've got to remember that when you trade a car in, you're not paying sales tax on the value of the trade-in. So if you have a $10,000 trade-in value, 6% of that is uh, $600. So you want to be sure that the person that's buying the car from you will give you $600 more, at least $600 more, than the dealership you're trading it into. Okay, that, that's good advice. Thank you so much. So that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll check the three sources and see where I get the best deal, and I hope it's from you. Well, I hope so, too, Since Thank you. Great Thank call. Thank you. Hey, yeah. call in again next week. I'd okay. love to hear from you. We love to hear from the ladies. Thank you for the phone call. Spread the word. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Before we go to our next caller, Melissa wants to know how she knows her Kia has been recalled. Uh, we've talked about this many times, but uh, I'll let Earl answer that, and uh, he will give you the uh, website you need to go to. Yeah, it's the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Association website. 
It's uh, one of the most reliable sources, and it's www.safercar.gov, G-O-V, www.safercar.gov, www.safercar.gov. Put the VIN number in. It'll be a place for it, and uh, you'll find out all the recalls. It'll also tell you if the recalls have been performed or not performed, and will also tell you if the recall is outstanding and there's no part available. That's the most depressing message you can find out. Yeah, you got an unsafe car, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, safercar.gov. Remember that. It Rick, can the nice part is that even with this Takata situation, that the number of cars that there are no parts available for is dropping every day. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you checked your car even just a few months ago and you saw no part available, check it again because those car, those parts are becoming available more and more every day. Keep checking at least once every couple days until you get your car taken care of. And like- I cannot stress how dangerous that Takata situation is. And if you have a car that's under it, you really need to do everything you can to get it taken care of, get it fixed. And ladies and gentlemen, I can't stress to you enough, Consumer Report, uh, I keep talking about the April uh, 2018 issue, and uh, they talk about recalls, uh, safety updates, and so much more. So here you go, Consumer Report, pick up a copy. It could save your life, and it could save you a whole lot of money. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Bob, who's been holding. Bob's calling from Lake Park. Good morning, Bob. Yes, how's everyone today? We're great. Great. I just wanted to talk a little bit about, <clears throat> you were talking about tire pressure and uh uh, you got to be careful on what type of information you put out there. But uh, the sticker that's inside the car door is going to tell you what pressure that tire should be mm-hmm. when it's pulled. So in the morning, when you, before you drive the car, a lot of cars now will have you know computers in there. It'll tell you exactly what the tire pressure is in each tire. And that's where you should be at when you start the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you drive the car during the day, the, 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 the uh, pressure in that tire is going to go up. It's going to, it's going to expand from from the heat. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's that's basically the simplest way to do it. And uh, a lot of times you don't even need a tire gauge anymore because you have the computer on the car mm-hmm. and you have the sensors in the tires that will pr- pretty much tell you exactly where you're starting out at with each tire in the morning when, when they're cold. Good, uh, good advice, uh, Bob. I appreciate the call. Are you a professional? Are you a technician? <laughs> oh, I'm a retired Bob Pro. Tell you well, you sound you sound <laughs> like you know your stuff about tires. That's very good advice. It's uh, important to know when you measure your tire pressure, is it cold or hot? And as you say, the accurate measure uh, should be the uh, cold pressure. Absolutely. Great, yeah, ad- that's great best, advice. That's best in the morning when you get up, you know, after the car's been sitting all night and the car's tires are cold, and that's and that's where you want to start the day at. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said before, uh, you can buy a tire gauge, but nowadays most of the cars all have sensors in the tires, mm-hmm. and uh, and they'll pretty much give you an accurate an accurate reading of where you're starting the day out, and then then you can adjust it accordingly. But uh, you just have to be aware as you drive the car that you're going to get expansion in that mm-hmm. in that tire 
and that air pressure is going to go up. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, when, when, are the, uh, when is Toyota going to come out with the Supra? Well, it's, uh, it's in the works right now. It's uh, so exciting. Summer of 2019. Summer oh. of 2019. They revealed wow. it at the Toyota meeting uh, last month. Yeah, yeah Stu was uh, oh. in Texas at the new car dealer meeting, and it's, it's a really exciting car. I can't tell you how many hundreds of people, thousands, have asked me, when are they going to bring the Super back? So it's, we finally got it back, and it's uh, better than ever, of course. It's a modern super sports car. Oh. Yeah, but hey, Earl. Yeah, I'd be, I, I'm really excited about uh, taking a look at it. And mm-hmm. I was now are they talking about at the beginning of 2019 or what? When during the year is that going to be available? Next summer, it'll be in showrooms. Next summer, it's going to be a, a twin turbo inline six, 380 something horsepower. Oh my goodness, my heart be still. Yes, <laughs> Earl, what's what's your real feeling on it? Because it's going to have a BMW engine in it. Doesn't make any difference to me. I love I love uh, cooperation. <laughs> between the manufacturers. Okay, well, I'll look, I'll look forward to that, and uh, I enjoy your show, and good work, and have a great weekend. Thanks, Thank Bob. You. Same to you. Thank you. Stay tuned for that mystery shopping yeah, report. Yeah. It's going to be a doozy. you got a bunch of texts. Uh, Mark is back. And, uh, Mark, how are you? Welcome back. Hey, Mark. Yeah, talking about tires, um, your previous caller said what I was about to say. Yes, uh, the tires do heat up on our Florida roads after we've been driving compared to early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now, like the pressure uh, on the tire sidewall, which in my case is 50, um, I usually keep my tires at 50 cold. And, yeah, I might have 54 when I get home from work. Mm. But um, I would think that a little bit like that's not going not gonna to be, be hazardous. No, I wouldn't, think, I wouldn't think so. We're going to find out I about would, that. There's got, there's got to yeah, be a red I, line on a tire. I, I wouldn't mean. want to find out the hard way no. because you know, ty- <laughs> tires for 17-inch rims are expensive. Yeah, exactly. I can imagine. And, and, and as far as keeping a tire gauge, yes, I'd still keep one because you never know these computers aren't always accurate. I have a Toyota Prius that tells me how much fuel economy I'm getting, and um, I compare it when I buy gas for that car, mm-hmm. but... Because it's not, it doesn't come out the same. Usually, I, you know, I get lower fuel economy when I do the math versus looking at the computer. I got you. So you can't, can't count on those to be accurate. Now, another thing I've noticed, I've, you know, when I've used the uh, ethanol-free gas in the Prius, it makes a little difference. Mm-hmm. My Prius is a 10, but I still have my Mazda 5, which is a 2006 I bought brand new. Wow. Now, that one makes a huge difference mm-hmm. if I use um, ethanol-free gas, and that's all I've used all these years. I got you. I don't even waste my time putting ordinary gas in it because, you know, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use more in gas and end up spending more for gas in the long run. Yeah. Now, typically, I would say I save a dollar every 20 miles. Wow. By using non-ethanol. You're listening listening to a professional, folks. This is Mark, and he's a professional driver, and he knows what he's talking about. Uh, You said there was an app that shows you all the locations of the ethanol, or the stations where you get ethanol-free gas. Yeah, 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 there's an app on there. I can't look it up right now because I'm driving. Okay, we'll check that out, and we'll uh, we'll broadcast that because you're... You're certainly uh, getting some amazing results. Whenever I get to where I'm going, I'll send you a copy of it. Thank you. And then you can um, 
then you can um, tell people what it is next week. Great. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Drive safely. Thanks for being part of the show, Mark. We loved hearing from you, and uh, we uh, are looking forward to hearing from you next week. We're going to go straight to Paul, who's calling from Jupiter. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, honestly, I, I think that the two previous callers stole my thunder. I was bringing up the subject about checking tire pressure when the cars are cold. Mm -hmm. But I did want to stay on the line and stay on hold to say good morning and thank you for your show. I listen to it every week. Well, I appreciate that very much, Paul. Uh, uh, I'm glad you called, too. I know we have thousands of people out there listening who don't call in, but it's always exciting when someone calls in. You know, we sometimes sit here and wonder, you know, who's listening. We actually had one show years ago where the uh, radio station broke, and there was no signal. And, and we, we sat here like fools. For two hours, right. <laughs> talking to ourselves. <laughs> so it's always reassuring. You were all dressed up. You all dressed up and nowhere to go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The affirmation is good. Exactly. So, Paul, thank you so much. I we've, we've even been in the car and did the oh. show. <laughs> really, really. Well, look, we we have a lot work. of memories. And again, I, I, I enjoy listening to the show every week. Thank you so much. It yeah, means thanks. a whole lot to all of us. Okay, we're going to go to Frank. The lines are just on fire. Steam. Frank is calling from Jupiter Farms. You said, Stu? I think so. Yep, I'm still here. Okay. I'm still here. Okay, Frank, how you doing? You. Oh, good morning. It's always a pleasure listening to your show. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I, had, I had a little comment. I was going to talk about the tires, but I will interject the one thing. Back in the 60s when I was working at a Shell gas station, pumping gas and then doing oil change and tune-ups. And the first time you overinflate a tire and it blows up on you, it's an experience you don't forget. Oh, <laughs> wow. But you're, you're, you're here and you're talking about it, so you must have survived the blast. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a real bang. But the other thing <laughs> I was going to comment on um, was just this week, um, my daughter has, a, I believe, a Honda Sonata or so, I don't know what she's got, Hunter. Hyundai that she had to go in for the first free oil change. It was bought, certified, uh -huh. used 2,000 miles. Uh -huh. And while we were getting it written up, he goes, oh, there's a recall. Oh, there's another recall. Oh, here's a thir three uh -huh. recalls. Wow. And mm. none that she ever was made aware of somehow or another. The one was important enough that if the engine um, wouldn't start because it, the transmission doesn't know it's in park, even though it says it's in park. Huh. But, um, yeah, and you got to get a tow back in, so it was glad that they fixed that. But again, with the airbags, um, you helped my family a lot with their Hondas, and they had a bunch of a few months ago. But in any event, it's it's always good to hear what you guys do. And Frank, did your did your daughter buy the car used or new? The Hyundai Sorento was did she buy it used? She bought it used at that dealership. That dealership on um, Okeechobee. Yeah. Um, I think it's a Napleton, one of your more favorite dealers. Yeah, Napleton. Yeah, and, um, that's a, that's our point exactly. That they do not disclose on used car sales the fact that there are recalls, and this your daughter is a, a case in point. And uh, thank heaven she found out about them, and I'm sure she had them fixed. But there's no law saying that you even have to disclose a recall, much less uh, there should be a law saying it's illegal to sell it. So I'm glad your daughter's okay and. Thank you very much for the call. That's important information. Yeah, and I, I, I hope to go back and see if um, that car you're talking about, the Kia 
catching on fire. It's still on, on Facebook. Hopefully it is. Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's all over YouTube. Yeah, it's uh, it was very dramatic. I mean, I I hate to see it. Must have just absolutely terrified the young woman. But in a way, the fact that it was captured on video is finally getting some attention, and I hope it goes viral. Uh, we've done our best to get it on Facebook and try to get it to go viral. But that's the only way you get politicians' attention today. Enough people get excited about something, and then suddenly the politicians decide to do something about it. Hashtag burning Kia. Here you go. Yep. Or pound <laughs> burning Kia. If you, or, if, if, or pound. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Anyway. For us but anyway, you're right. costing me money. I'm, I'm, i got to go sell some leeches. So I'm glad you're all safe, and thanks so much for calling the show. Uh, we appreciate your dedication. We're going to go straight to Gary, uh, who is calling from Lake Park. Welcome to the show, Gary. What can we do for you? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, your show is very informative. Thank you. Uh, we have a Mazda CX-7 that we brought to North Palm Beach Mazda, mm -hmm. and it had three recalls, mm -hmm. and they brought that vehicle in, fixed all three recalls, and there was no arguments, no garbage went with it, didn't try to sell us anything. Great. So I'd like to give kudos to them. Well, thank you. That's North Palm Beach Mazda. Kudos for professionally treating Gary. And uh, calling yes. the attention to uh, the recalls, taking care of them. That's the way it ought to be done. So you folks out there in the market for a Mazda, keep in mind North Palm Beach Mazda. And I have another thing about tire pressure. Mm -hmm. The tire pressure on the side of the tire. Yes. That is the maximum tire pressure. Yes. Yep. The tire pressure on the door is what you should be doing for that car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the minimum, the, the sticker on the door jam, that's the minimum amount that you want to have in those tires. Always have that okay. amount or higher. Okay. But I noticed that it says on the tire, maximum tire pressure, so I wouldn't be going over that. Right. That's, that's a good point. I, um, you know, I, I didn't realize it said maximum. Uh, yeah, so yes, that so that's that's good information. So we don't want to go above that. We're, I still want to do some research. I think there's two reasons it could be maximum. One would be the fact that if you go above that level, then you'll get uneven tire wear because the center of your tire will wear more. But uh, the worst thing can happen is we talked to a gentleman earlier, Gary, who actually had a tire blow up in yep. a gas station when he was yeah. putting the tires up. So we need to get some specifics. I. Uh, I appreciate the call and the reminder, and I learned something from your call. So uh, I appreciate it very much. Okay, thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you. Same thank you. you for listening. Uh, gosh, there, there's so many tips that you can follow, so many uh, to check your tire pressure, to keep yourself safe and others on the road. And uh, it's, a, it's a big topic. Uh, inflation is extremely important for so many reasons. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Dennis, who's been holding, and Dennis is calling from Lake Worth. Good morning, Dennis. Hey, Dennis, you still there? Yes, sir, I'm here. Well, what, how, Good can morning. We help you? how can we help you this morning? Good morning. I have a uh, comment about the car inspections. I'm going to go back in time, and I'm sure, you, Earl, you remember these days. When I first moved to Florida in 1974, you had to go to a, an inspection station, a county inspection station. They yep. would check your 
brakes. Yep. See if your brake lights work, your turn signals work, your headlight works. They inspect your tires. Mm-hmm. They had a place you had to accelerate your car and stop, and they would see if your brakes worked. And you had got a little sticker that you had to have in your windshield, and every year you had to get that inspection. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, my wife and I frequently comment about this when we're riding around in a car. You see cars with smashed out taillights, oh. smashed out headlights, mm-hmm. brake lights where one works, headlight one works. <laughs> I came, We came out of a store a while back. The car next to me had tires that literally looked like racing slicks. Wow. And, you know, it seems like you see more and more of these cars, which to me, are not safe when people's, you know, lights don't work, turn signals don't work, tires mm-hmm. are bald, and somehow that seems to be what would be a contributing factor to accidents, and it seems like not not a good situation. It continues to get worse. Dennis, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think it's, uh, as I said before, they were so unpopular because people don't like the inconvenience to have to take the time, and they catch the people with the taillights out, the slick tires, and other important things. But they also have people that have later model cars that uh, do take care of their cars, and they have to get the inspection sticker, too, and take the time. So it's controversial. reminds me a little bit about the, uh, the uh, stoplight cams uh, or the, uh, the red light cams, you know, where you have the uh, pe- catch people run the stop signs. Huge controversy about that. One side says it's saving lives. The other side says it's... Uh, uh, it's not right. It's an invasion of my privacy. And so the politicians sit back and they put their finger up in the air and they measure the, the which way the wind's blowing and that's the way they go with it. And if we if we were to get a groundswell asking to get inspections back and the public got behind it, we'd get inspections back. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, it should be, and I agree with you, Dennis. I agree. I think maybe people don't realize all these accidents and things affect everybody's insurance rates and everything else, you know. And, I, 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 and, I, and I'm sure yeah. you're right, but I just I just uh, go back to the days when we had them, and I thought that was a very, very uh, safe to uh, help promote safety. Saving yeah. lives. It it, was, it, 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 it's, it's interesting to see these, uh, you know, people driving around, and they've got uh, their side view mirrors uh, taped up. And uh, their bumper is uh, also taped up, whether they use electrical tape or the uh, silver tape. It's just uh, you wonder when the last time they were stopped by a state trooper and ticketed for being on the road unsafe. Uh, The one that gets me is when they've got one of their headlights are out, so they're driving around with the high beams on, blinding everybody because they've got a headlight out. Fit people, yeah. fix the headlight. Driving, no doubt about it. Yeah, so, how did uh, they get away with it? That's what I wonder. It doesn't seem like they ever get stopped by. I would think a regular policeman could stop somebody if their taillights smashed out, because not only do they not work, you see the lights are completely gone, and mm-hmm. the front quarter panel or back quarter panel or wherever these lights are is gone from the car. And, you know, they must have been driving around that way for a long time, but they're still it's, on the road it, doing exactly. it. Exactly. So, uh, it certainly is a distraction. Thank you so much for the call. Anyway, enjoy your show. Just just wanted to call and put in my two cents worth. So. We're so happy that you did. Stay tuned for that mystery shopping report. Don't go anywhere. We are going to go to Tom. He's calling from Jupiter. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. I'm calling in reference with the uh, tire pressure. Okay. And, and the tires everybody's talking about and such. And I did some research years ago. And, as of course, the vehicle manufacturer is going to give you the minimum tire pressure when it's cold. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the tire manufacturer gives you the maximum tire pressure 
mm-hmm. in the tire when it's cold. Mm-hmm. They do that because of weight. When you add weight to the vehicle, as you all know, you can compress air. Mm-hmm. And when you add weight to the vehicle, you need to add air to that tire so it doesn't so you get uh, the the full path of the tire itself on the ground because if as we all know when you add weight to a car it compresses the air in the tire mm-hmm. and it's almost like the, the the tire is low on pressure sure. so it starts wearing on the outside of the tires good point Tom. yep that's exactly so correct when you it's just like when you a truck and you put a trailer on your truck you're adding weight to that vehicle mm-hmm. so the, the the engineers have come up with a maximum tire pressure you can put on that tire to keep it safe because mm-hmm. as we all know the stuff that i have read it's actually worse to have a tire with less tire pressure because it heats up quicker and that's where it goes boom when you're driving down the road and yeah, we're out faster too sure yep oh yeah most definitely but the that's the reason behind when the uh the engineers construct or manufacture tires and such, that maximum tire pressure that's on the sidewall of the tire, Mm -hmm. it's basically saying, yes, you can go up to this maximum tire pressure because of your adding weight to the vehicle. Oh, good point. Good point, Tom. Listen, thanks very much. Uh, That's uh, that's good information. I think we really... We really helped a lot of people out there on, on, on their tire pressure, something people don't normally think about. So thanks very yeah. much for the call and the information. We really appreciate it. You betcha. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Uh, I have a question about the valves. It's really important to maintain them, the cars that do have the valves on them, correct? And how do you maintain them? Are you the, talking about tire valves? The tire valves? Mm-hmm. There's really no maintenance on them. No. Uh, for cars that have tire pressure sensors built on the tire valves, that's internal in the wheel. And they're generally good, um, I'm going to say, 8 to 10 years. Well, they're made Usually of, it's the lifespan on them, maybe more. Mm-hmm. They're made of rubber, and they, uh, I thought, tended well, that, to deteriorate. Uh, now, that's the old tire valve well, they, stems. Uh, yeah, they. every car nowadays has... Yeah, sure. Metal valve stems yeah. with the tire pressure sensor. That yeah. was a government rec- uh, requirement from, I believe, somewhere around 2008. So pretty much every car now has those. The older cars still have the rubber valve stems. Yeah. When you get your tires replaced, they should be putting new valve stems in it. I mean, they're very inexpensive. They're a dollar or two. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it for tire valve stems. And the newer, all the newest cars I think we've, I have think, a, I think we've a tire pressure tires, sensors. We've covered tires pretty well. We, defini- yeah. we definitely I mean, have. Yeah. I think that we have about 20 minutes left. Would you like to discuss the mystery shopping report? No, I, I just, uh, I've got, I'll do that in a minute. Okay. But uh, <clears throat> but I am amazed. I've, uh, of all the subjects that we've talked about, 
just everybody got excited about the tires. Well, that's where the rubber meets the road. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, we got, we got... Take a bow. Thank you very much. We got I'm not on the live video, but I'm bowing right now. <clears throat> this is interesting to me. I want to read this text. It says, uh, Earl, your efforts to get to cut airbags off the road have been heard in the country of Malaysia. The Associated Press reports today that Malaysia will now penalize owners who don't replace Takata airbags. Just like dangerous Takata airbags, I am the two thousand. I am a 2016 Prius owner. The Toyota refuses to correct my speedometer and navigation system to display kilometers per hour when in driving in Canada. Ken Asher uh, and Ken called in several times. We tried to help him. We talked to Toyota. We did a whole lot of things, and they just didn't treat him right. Isn't that amazing? Malaysia is taking actions on the Takata airbags. Unbelievable. But the United States of America, who who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, do I have any other important text here? You had some interesting texts. Oh, here is Sandy Wood. Sandy Wood is one of my best Facebook friends. Yeah. And she said... Uh, interesting, Earl, to be challenged legally when trying to give a woman a chance to be uh, bring in the being in the minority is sad, uh, and she also says, "Yay to Nancy and yay to women moving up in the ranks." So she's watching on live Facebook video. Thank so you. our Facebook friends are picking mm -hmm. that up, and that's very encouraging to know that we're being followed on. Uh, yep, and we've got a, a, a comment or a, a suggest from Melissa Barton, who's a good friend of ours. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you, Sandy. Uh, do you have that in front of you? I uh, no yeah. way. I texted it to you, but it was a comment. It, don't don't read it. It's yeah. on tire pressure. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Melissa, you're too late. <laughs> I think we answered her question earlier. Yeah, let's get let, let's get into the uh, the uh, Costco issue because we have the Costco shopping report, which is a mystery shop of Pompano Ford. And we didn't even get a chance to talk about our mystery shopping reports. Is something that makes this show totally unique. I think uh, more, much more interesting than the average radio talk show because we do every week a live, unexpurgated mystery shop. Secret shopper goes into a car dealership somewhere in South Florida, pretends to buy or lease a car, and we report it candidly. Names. Uh, salespeople of the of the dealership of the managers involved we tell exactly what happens so if you're new to the show you're going to enjoy this and if you're not new to the show you enjoyed it too um, our current tack now is on costco costco is one of the two good sources for buying a car without being ripped off by a car dealer the other is truecar.com truecar.com does something that i wish costco would do TrueCar.com does not allow car dealers who are TrueCar certified dealers to add dealer fees or other charges that are not government fees or to charge dealer installed accessories over and above the TrueCar price. Costco allows their car dealers to add this. And we're having a dialogue with Costco right now. We're talking with the Costco parent company. We're talking with the Affinity Development Corporation of San Diego that is also called the Costco Auto Buying Program. And we're going to have a meeting, a face-to-face -face meeting. A sit. A sit. A sit-down in June with the Costco folks. <clears throat> so we were also temporarily suspended as Costco dealers and uh, because we had posted a uh, Costco price sheet, which we found out was not right. It was a violation of the Costco 
dealer agreement. So we took that down. So Costco now has re, uh, reinstated us. Reinstated us is the word I was searching for. So we, this mystery shopping report now is a Pompano Ford. We're continuing to focus on the Costco Auto Program. And we, we still say it's one of the best ways to get a great, get a great low price on <clears throat> a new car. But as we've discussed over the last few weeks, car buyers must be alert to the many pitfalls that are associated with the program. Not so with the True Car Program. Although the True Car Program, to be fair, there are pitfalls too. Most of these pitfalls have to do with the fact that the car dealers do not abide by the rules. So far, most of the mystery shops we've done have revealed that the dealers are following the program, the Costco program. But we feel the program doesn't do enough to prevent dealers from freely, freely using some of their most insidious tactics, charging surprise dealer fees, surprise, 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 at the last minute, and adding dealer-installed equipment. <clears throat> now, these dealer-installed options equipment are way overpriced. They have negligible cost to the dealers. Typical dealer-installed equipment would be like for $1,000, and it might cost the dealer two or three hundred dollars so it's a huge markup if you're going to put these on the car okay i don't like it but you're the dealer put them on the car if you're going to put a dealer fee you can charge that to the car too but when you put the costco price include those in the costco price don't add it after the fact we also discussed how many if not most costco members sometimes do not follow the rules of the program we have found in our experience as a Costco dealer for many years that we have far more people who are Costco members who come into a Costco certified dealership and said, I'm a Costco member, what's my price? They don't go through the rigmarole, the procedure of going online with a Costco website and going through the procedures, filling out the information, etc., learning how to navigate when you buy a car on the Costco program. Um, I'd say the ratio is about one in three. About two out of three do not do it, but one out of three do do it. Despite these problems, Costco members generally have a better time buying a car than most. They get a good price, but maybe not as good as it should be. That's why I've confidently endorsed the Costco program over the years. We're, we're putting the Costco endorsement on hold while we have these discussions. And I am confident, because I've said this before, I've said it again, Costco is one of my most, well, it is, it is my favorite company, retail. And Nancy and I shop there. We shop there online. We shop there personally. It's just an amazing company. It is. The work needs to be on the Costco auto buying program. However... It needs to get better. The Costco brand is so respected and admired that its name deserves a process uh, that is representative of the member experience at a Costco warehouse, which is what I was just talking about. It should not be associated with surprise fees or overcharging for worthless, unwanted accessories. Small but significant changes to the program would make a world of difference. This week, we searched for a local authorized Costco dealer, but we had a hard time finding one. Of the manufacturers we haven't shopped yet, all were out of the uh, county. So we settled on the closest one, Pompano Ford in Pompano Beach, Florida. Now, 
Costco, if you're listening, we need more Costco certified dealers in Palm Beach County. And uh, we got a list of recommended dealers you should approach. Exactly. Uh, so we need Honda dealers. We need Ford dealers. We need uh, General Motors dealers. Uh, there aren't any in Palm Beach County. We had to go to we had to go to Broward County. We had to go to Pompano to find a Costco program. So um, do your members a service and sign up more certified dealers. We went online to the Costco Auto Program website and submitted a request on a new 2018 Ford Focus S. We received a flurry of emails within a few minutes. The first was the official confirmation from Costco. The rest were emails from various managers and salespeople from Pompano Ford. The phone we used also began ringing nonstop as the dealership tried to make contact. Very aggressive. Rather than making an appointment, we sent Agent X right on down to Pompano Ford, a confirmation email in hand. This is the way the procedure is supposed to be. The protocol, as I say, two out of three Costco members don't do this, but we're going to be one out of three. We had the certification printed out. Uh, we asked the mystery shopper not to mention Costco until a salesman had gotten the keys for a test drive. Here's a report. Speaking in the first person, is if I were the shopper. I found Pompano 4 on US 1 on Pompano Beach early in the afternoon. The place was small but clean and modern looking. It looked like they were building a parking garage and they needed one. There weren't many cars on the lot. I looked around noticed most were used or demos. I tried to get the attention of the people I could see inside, but no one came out to say hi. I went into the showroom and asked the receptionist to get someone for me. She paged over the loudspeaker for an available salesperson. Michael walked over to greet me. We named names. Michael. Michael was friendly and made some small talk. He was also on the list of Costco representatives printed on my official confirmation email from Costco. I didn't mention this at the time. <clears throat> I told him I had looked around for a lot of new focus but didn't see much. He explained that most of their inventory was over at the auto mall. I was confused and asked if I was at the right place. He said I was, but they'd moved their inventory about four miles away. He explained further, and I assumed that it may have to do with the construction of the garage. Michael said he could give me a hand on a demo for the Focus. He had there on the lot. I said I had my heart set on the new one. He suggested that we drive it anyway. We could take it over to the auto mall and see the new one, too. He said he would give me a great deal on either one. I agreed, and we headed over to the auto mall. The auto mall was a dilapidated old mall that appeared to be pretty much abandoned, save for a J.C. Penney, which will probably be soon abandoned. Mm -hmm. uh, Michael <coughs> drove us to where the focuses were parked. Is it focuses or foci? Foci. Foci. <laughs> uh, we, we got out and uh, looked around. We were able to find an S model. And Michael asked if I would be willing to upgrade to an SE model. I asked him to explain the difference between the two. He did, and I agreed to take the SE. We landed on one with an MSRP of $21,120. As Michael opened the door, I told him I was a Costco member, sprung it on him, and unfolded my confirmation email. He said, okay, then made a phone call to the dealership. Remember, we were four miles away, 
call the dealership we originally came into on the cell phone. I heard him tell the receptionist to make sure he was placed as lead on Costco. So apparently they have a system, which is nothing wrong with this. In fact, it's probably a good idea. Costco member must have a Costco representative. And when the Costco representative is selling the car, it has to be known that he's selling the car to a Costco member. So that's fine, because the Costco price is supposed to be the lowest price that the Costco dealer will sell a car to anyone for. I think he was trying to get credit for the sale. I think he was, yeah. I, I think, think he was. Computer, yeah. I think he was trying to, and, and the thought occurred to me, he may also get a little kicker, because I think car salespeople are all paid on commission. Typical commission is 25% of the profit. So car salesmen, therefore, always try to raise the price of the car as high as they can because they get 25% of that increase of the profit margin. So in the Costco case, because the price of Costco is low, the commission would be low, and they don't want car salespeople, uh, a righteous dealer doesn't want a car salesperson to be motivated to cheat the Costco customer and not really give them the Costco price. So they probably, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the best for Pompano 4, that they want to know that the Costco salesperson is selling a Costco member, so he gets a little bit extra help in his commission. That's wishful thinking. I don't know that. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, when I sat at Michael's messy desk, I watched as he took phone calls from customers, rifled through papers looking for something. He asked me if I liked the car, and I said I did, and that I wanted to see my Costco price. He showed me the computer screen. I saw a list of models from the discounts below invoice for each. I saw the 2018 Ford Focus in its discount, $900 below invoice. Now, <clears throat> the computer screen doesn't have the Costco price sheet. The Costco price sheet is something that typically is printed out. I suppose it could be on the computer screen, but this isn't what we've seen in the past uh -huh. and not the way we do business. Michael said I would also get a $4,000 Ford rebate. That's good. On a, on a piece of letterhead paper, he started handwriting figures. MSRP, 21120 Costco, 19330 D fee, which I think means dealer fee. $799. So there is the ugly head rising. The dealer fee always raises Ooh. its ugly head. Gotcha. $799. Boom. Now, Costco members that know about this is not, has not been explained, has not been disclosed except in this manner. And who knows what a D fee is, right? We do. D fee. Further other. $1,257 tax, etc. After rebate, my out-the-door price was $17,786. I took a sheet and asked him what the invoice price was. He said it was 20320 Okay, Remember, Costco prices from my discount below invoice, so we want to know what the invoice price was. Costco member email says, see the invoice. I asked him if I could see a copy. He said he couldn't because his boss was in a meeting. I told him that Costco said I should see the invoice so I could see how much I saved. I pointed it out to him on the Costco confirmation email. He said he couldn't do it. What are you going to do? <laughs> I then asked to see the Costco member-only price sheet and said I would also need a buyer's order from my credit union. The man rolled his eyes. I, I mean, now I don't think he's been friendly anymore. 
You know, don't you hate it when people roll their eyes? I hate it when they <clears throat> roll their eyes. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Nancy really hates it. I mean, I really, really she hate it. She hates it worse than losing her tire <laughs> pressure gauge. I'm coming over this desk at you. I had the I'm rolling a match with Nancy. <laughs> I had the distinct sense that he was tired of dealing with me. Perhaps maybe a low-profit, oh, yeah, a low-profit Costco deal. That's what it was. I, I alluded to that earlier. They probably help him, but not as much as he would be helped if he were to really lay the shopper away, which is what most car dealerships do. That's the reason the Costco program really is a good thing. Yes. Even with yeah. its defects, even with its defects, it's better than buying a, pro mm -hmm. a car the, the old-fashioned way. Yeah. He made photocopies of two documents and filled them both out. One was a buyer's order form. The other was what appeared to be the official Costco auto program form, but it was for used cars. He didn't have the form for new cars. The buyer's orders figures matched what he had written on the letterhead. I told him I needed something more official for my credit union. He couldn't do it. Boss was in the meeting. <laughs> I can't print it. Boss in the meeting. The Costco sheet was a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of an old form <laughs> that belonged to another Costco member back in 2015. <laughs> it's hard to believe, right? We have, a a, we have a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> we have evidence. Yeah, on it, Michael had written some figures that didn't make much sense. He wrote down 19330 for the lowest posted price. He wrote down the amount of the discount off MSRP, 1790 and Then he wrote the effective price of 15330 after rebate. He said, I was all set. <laughs> it sure was. Anyway, he was all set. I'm all confused. I don't know what's going on. Now, most of this is just... Pompano Ford is in a state of confusion, uh, and that's not the reason we do the mystery shops. That's Pompano Ford's problem. I have some sympathy for him. I do, and I hope the owner of Pompano Ford, whoever he may be, is listening to this. Goes, you get the, you need to get things straightened out here. Construction yeah, makes yeah. it tough. Yeah, pull um, yourselves together. Yeah, the purpose of this shop is for the Costco auto buying program to help the Costco folks better understand what they need to do to improve their program. And the bottom line is very simply this. The Costco brand is sacred. It's an icon. It's a beacon mm. that people go to yeah. for trust and transparency. To say the least. The Costco member price for a car is one that they trust with their whole hearts. They believe the Costco price. When car dealers add dealer fees to the Costco price, when they add dealer install accessories to the Costco price, you're violating the sacred trust and the brand and the icon of the Costco image. So this is what we do these mystery shopping reports for. We will send these mystery shopping reports to the Costco people. And as I said earlier in the show, Stu and I will be sitting down with the Costco folks head-to-head. -head. They're flying in from the West Coast, they're flying out to meet with us to see what we can do together to reach a mutual agreement mm -hmm. to try to improve the Costco auto buying program. And that was the purpose of this report. Um, Pompano Ford, you're on your own. You need to, you know, as Nancy says, you need to pull yourself together. I th you may have been true to the Costco program. We just don't know because the boss was in the meeting. Uh, you couldn't get the price sheet, you couldn't get the invoice, you couldn't get any confirmation because the boss was in the meeting. 
We should try that sometime. Yeah. Pull yourself together, Papa. What, what a difference you're going to make. Yeah. I don't. I know you don't want to hear they it. They need a red but phone. These these yeah. people put <laughs> these people flying in to meet with you. What a difference you are going to make just to protect that image that Costco has. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Don't ruin it. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed our show. We certainly did. We enjoyed hearing from you. And I want to remind you uh, that you are here listening to the oldies, true oldies channel. And uh, you tuned in to Earl Stewart on Cars. You could do the same thing next week. And thanks for watching for live on Facebook. We had a lot of viewers today. Yeah, we did. Thank you very much. And I apologize to all the texts I didn't get to because we had so many. But we will try to catch up next week. Absolutely. Have a great weekend, everyone.